This is Connor Kreis, and you're listening to Multiple Eargasms with Kaylee Lauren. Just FYI, sometimes talking to Kaylee uh, is a complete disaster. So if that happens, you get to listen, along with some great guests from the romance audiobook community. So stick around for more than one eargasm, because Kaylee is an overpromiser, and she better deliver. Hello, hello. I'm so happy to share this very long conversation that I had with superstar narrator Zachary Weber with you. Zach has, as of the end of October 2021, over 180 titles listed on Audible. He's probably best known for narrating the Fifty Shades of Grey series by E.L. James from Christian's POV, also Colleen Hoover's early work, but I know him because he narrated my books Troublemaker and Attachment Theory, and he appears in all of the Brody Brothers books, including Funny Business and the one that is forthcoming in spring 2022. He also has a band called Night Darling, and he's in a sketch comedy group called Sasquatch Comedy, based in LA, and he's done some on-camera work in TV and film. I lovingly refer to him as a little turd on social media sometimes, but he's a really special guy, and I just adore him as a person. If you know Zach from social media, uh, and if you don't, you can follow him at Weberesque on Instagram. That's W-E-B-B-E-R-E-S-Q-U-E. Uh, but if you do follow him, you know that he's a pretty open person by nature, and this chat is very much in that vein. We cover a lot of ground, and as always with this show, you will probably feel like you're listening in on a conversation between friends, and we really get into stuff. Um, Zach asked me about something at one point, and I actually talk about something I haven't really talked about before in an interview, but I would gently ask that you do respect our privacy and don't ask us for more information than we already give in this episode. Uh, after our chat, you will hear a clip from the audiobook of Attachment Theory. So I hope you enjoy listening to Zach and Kaylee, unplugged and only slightly edited, but including a brief bathroom break, because that's how long we talked for. Hi. Oh. 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 Yep. Oh. Hey, we're just doing audio, but it's yeah. lovely to see you. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> Boo. <laughs> that was a treat. Boo, not there. Um, hi. Did you just wake up? <laughs> sure did. That's okay. It's Halloween season. I totally get it. Yeah, Halloween season, meaning if you get a, if you receive a spooky TikTok from someone at 10.30 p.m., then you end up looking at TikTok for three hours. Really? Um, it's just so addictive. Like, I don't go on typically by my own choice alone if someone sends me a tiktok then i'm like oh, i'll look at and yeah, I'll, 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 I'll browse and then it just keeps <laughs> fucking going and then after three hours you believe that aliens are here and they are among us and it's just a crapshoot this whole well, there's no reason not to believe that zach I mean, I, well, there's no reason not to, but there's not that many reasons to when, it, <laughs> when there's some guy, think about it, but. there's some guy in Kentucky being like, I have definitive proof that 
Hillary Clinton's a lizard. <laughs> it's like, oh, come on, man. So that, that's the K-hole you fall down oh, yeah. is alien conspiracy stuff? I, I mean, yeah, that's the most common. It's the, re- the reason it's so unhealthy is because, like, that's like the length of, you know, Ben-Hur. <laughs> yes, and it like, is. And you've seen a composite of like every type of visual stimulus you can in that amount of yeah. time. Yeah. And so it's like this huge garbled mass of crappy, weird information. Some of it's actually very vital and cool. Yeah. And you learn something. But mostly it's this like, uh, you know, distorting this reality, distorting stuff. And it's like, uh, if I was 16, I'd be fucked, you know? And that's the main, <laughs> yeah, that's true. The main clientele on that thing. And it's just fucking yeah. weird. I just, it is. I disapprove. Okay. But you TikToked hard for three hours last night, is what you're telling me. Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't. I was, and I was like, oh, I'll just sleep in. It's Saturday. Oh. You know, then I did this, I did that. Sorry. That's okay. It's, um, sadly, it's almost what people expect of you at this point. (laughs) Yeah. An eye-rolling emoji is the worst you're going to get from me for that, so. Great. It's cool. Um, I'm trying to figure out, oh, full screen, here we go. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, you know, I like to think I'm good enough otherwise, but I just, between that and the mood, I just, I'm bombarded by life all the time. That's I know. Cool. I know. It's a lot. Adulting is hard. Um, but at least it sounds like you have really good Wi-Fi where you are now. That's fantastic. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, and I'm in my, like, back house studio right now. So, okay. So let's, let's start talking. Um, so you and I haven't actually spoken to each other since March, I think. Uh-huh. And it's the, it's the end of October now. And, and this year you've done tons of stuff and had a life out there in the world, right? <laughs> like as a narrator, as a singer slash musician, as a comedy guy, as a yeah. big brother, and as a dapper man about town. And, uh, and I've written a few books, so we're going to talk about you, obviously. Um, mm. But first of all, uh, you're always so open about yourself on social media. And, yeah. and we love it, and we adore you. <clears throat> but occasionally, women will message me and ask, is Zach okay? And I'm like, <laughs> how the hell would I know? He's a Pisces. But women... <laughs> Women often worry about you, I think, and we always want to give you a hug. But yeah. can you can you clear things up for your fans now? Because you're actually in a really good place right now, right? Yeah. Um, well, okay. I I I'm gonna be honest, I can't clear that up. Okay. <laughs> because, <laughs> because I like Be honest. And the very fact that I even want to talk about it is uh, that I would even talk about it is goes against the the grain of what I've been opening up to recently, um, which is that uh, life is never either good or bad. It's yeah. always a little of both. It's and a lot of stuff. Yeah. Throughout my life, I have only caused myself more suffering on top of that. I am now 
not doing that, but what remains is the purity of just suffering at its basis. And I like, while I, I in, in, in the material reality in which I live, yeah. things are good. And if I am right. present, then I am good because I have, I am living in a house. I have made a great choice for my life, uh, right. sobriety. Um, yeah. I'm choosing to take care of myself. Um, I am, I am, I have space. I have a, a cat, an animal to take care of that I yeah. love very yeah. much. I have many close friends, like all these layers of things that the surface level things that are very good. And then there's in my romantic life, I'm severely unhappy and it's, and it's due to a bad breakup. Oh. And there's like all these, if I, if I, if I gather all of those things at any given moment in my life, like, yeah, I'll always have been uh, unhappy and always have been creating more suffering. So what I'm trying to do usually is decrease that. Yeah. Um, and I think with like this, uh, this, the, I, I so rarely read or listen to audiobooks. I really yeah. never listen to audiobooks. And then yeah. in the last two or three months, all I've done is listen to, to really? spiritual texts and, and read and read books. And, and um, it's been transformative, but it's oh, like, good. so yeah. So like there's, there's like technically a lot of good, but um, yeah. it's also really, really painful. And I'm, you know, I, I appreciate the concern, yeah. but um, you know, in a, in a, in a, in a real way, I like, it's okay. I'm okay. I don't, I also, I also don't know, you know, like I just, I've opened myself up to not knowing what's really the truth of the matter, <laughs> the truth of yeah. life at all. Um, so, you know, if that comes across as like either negative or derogatory or self uh, damaging in some way, it's, you know, I don't know. It's not, um, it's not really that, um at that much depth because what we present is never what we actually are yes uh, while I may be open it's like you never get the full picture um yeah I think it's also like I don't I'm not a big smiley guy I've never been I my really? my mother and my grandmother tried to get me to sit up straight and smile for any photo ever <laughs> when I was growing up and it just never stuck and it was like a form of rebellion and now I just can't do it um so I don't know the difference between the presentation and the, and the, and the reality is, uh, you know, that's, that's something I don't, no one has to worry. <laughs> like, let, yeah. uh, I think everyone can, uh, just, you know, I'll allow you to be and you allow me to be. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I feel like in the last couple of weeks, that's kind of almost the place that I've been too, except that I actually am a smiley happy person usually and it's not that like shit's getting real or more real it's just that I think I'm becoming I've become aware of certain things that yeah. I wasn't aware of or like really didn't want to be aware of yeah. um for a while and and so I don't know it just things feel really different for me too but um the difference being that I I'm not a person who posts about that stuff on social media right. so nobody's yeah. ever know but it's 
It's fine. Well, so what does taking care of yourself mean for you? Um, well, I, I mean, cutting out drinking was, yeah, is, it has already proven to be the best thing I could have done for myself. And I was just in denial about it for a long time. Um, according to most people who, who, uh, encounter this and who go through it, it's yeah. actually not that long and I'm actually quite young to be making the choice, Yeah, but it doesn't feel that way because it feels like, you know, just a, if it's half my life that I've been, you know, um, drowning it with, with a substance and like um, socially, or do you, did you also like, um, I was, it was, it was mostly social is, you know, there, there are different ways that people function within their alcoholism. Um, and like, you know, you can, the comparison can be like, you know, somebody can be drunk every minute of the day and then and it can never truly affect them although i think that's you know, a different problem in and of itself but yeah, somebody yeah. could have like a glass of wine at 7 p.m three times a week and like if it makes them feel like shit then that means they still you know they probably still want to tackle that issue um yeah. but i like it was predominantly social I especially got to the point where like especially during COVID it was just you know just with friends in my pod on the weekend and like yeah. I knew how to like I knew how to separate work and and play and uh, I was like well you know I've matured I'm not like trying to get drunk every night like I did when I was 23 right so it's not you know it's not that bad and it but it still was affecting my life in ways that were just it was it was creating more suffering and that's that's the problem and um but i but it was it wasn't like a you know i'm not like a some soldier in the gulag or like chugging vodka in the morning you know i wasn't it wasn't like a like whoa what a problem it was but it certainly felt that way at times and i like you know, I guess we're really talking about it, but I, I you know, I, yeah. I was, I've been in dangerous situations before and I just like, and I've like, it, it's made me miserable. And so making that choice was a big, big step. That's, that's the most meaningful one. Yeah. As I currently stand. And you physically feel a difference too? Oh yeah, yeah. I physically and my bank account and uh, oh, right. <laughs> it's just, it's just, it just only it only feels easy at this point. And I've even been able to like go out and like I just I just I have no desire because I took away the compulsion. Right. Yeah. Well, I was just gonna ask like, so you don't have to avoid parties or any social situation where other people are drinking at this point. Well, it's like it depends on the person, but it's kind of. Um, it's not frowned upon, but it's, it's, you're, you're not told to not go be social and be around drinking necessarily mm -hmm. or be around um, that kind of thing because like you can't pretend it doesn't happen and you can't get into this framework where, you know, you, you've abstained to the point of, uh, you know, it, it being some other entity, you know, it's still going to be there. Um, and I just, you know, I went to a concert a couple nights ago and I 
it was literally thousands of people getting drunk. And, uh, you know, I, I just was like, uh. <laughs> and like, I didn't even have the kind of time I would if I was, if I was getting drunk at the concert, which I would usually get drunk at a concert. Right. Um, but I, it was, I don't know. It was, but did it was, you have a good time? I did. I did. But it was like, you know, it's, it'll take some getting used to. It doesn't like I don't want to drink in order to have a good time. But I also was kind of like. This isn't the same good time, so someday it'll flow into being something yeah. new. And that's it's a I'm, different way to connect with people if everybody else is yeah. imbibing. It's almost like a different language. It's definitely a different um, oh, wavelength yeah. that you're on. But. For sure. Yeah. So, so you haven't been to any Halloween parties yet this year is what you're saying. No, I'm supposed to go to some big silly uh, rave-esque thing tonight that my friend invited me to uh -huh. like two months ago. Um, I am doing uh, what's called, I don't know if you ever heard of this when you lived in LA, called California Sober. <laughs> um, I, so I, I, I never really smoked marijuana before, ah. uh, but I, but I, I smoke a little bit. Um, and I, uh, microdosing psychedelics is also something. Um, and these are all like just things that don't have the same effect on me whatsoever. Yeah, and don't yeah, yeah. cause me to go down the same like sort of path that yeah. I would. Um, but you know, I'm just going to test the waters of that at this silly burning man style party. Right. Um, um, well, so what's your costume going to be this year? Ooh, good question. I don't have one. That is I'm so boring. Bold. And boring. I have always <laughs> hated Halloween because I've, well, I mean, when I was younger, I, I was so excited because like dressing up is like a dream for someone who doesn't know they're an actor yet. Right. Um, <laughs> And then I think I just too many times did, was too poor to scrape together a costume. So I yeah. like didn't even, I was like, why does it cost 150 bucks to ha have something decent? And then there were a few times I was around, like, especially in my first few years in LA, <laughs> doing Halloween with incredibly basic human beings who like right. didn't know that me and my girlfriend were dressed up as Hall and Oates. <laughs> I was like, you, I, and I was like, Hall and Oates. And they were That's like, don't know, they, we don't know who Hall and Oates are. Oh, like, God. Why am I here or in this relationship? Right. <laughs> um, and that was years ago. But, um, but then, like, you know, now I could probably afford to run down to fucking the Halloween store or Party City or something and yeah. throw on a Spider Man suit and, you know, call it a day and be like, oh, yeah, I'm aging Spider Man. From <laughs> what is some, you know, something. But I, um, I've also might just throw on my cowboy hat and call it a fucking day. There's always the Harry Potter glasses, right? That's true. <laughs> um, I don't have those frames anymore. I, I actually lost oh. them. Yeah. Good yeah. lord. Well, also, yeah. Some with this, with the subject of Harry Potter. I, yeah, days. I know. That's so I sad. know. But know. um, well, anyways, for people who aren't in LA, Halloween in Los Angeles is insane and the traffic is just horrible oh yeah but like man i went to some pretty great halloween parties when i lived there in my day um, <laughs> the parade the parade is always fun in weho yeah um, i mean if you could find parking you have to you have to park at like 
10 in the morning basically and then just be uh, there all day yeah um but like i went one year i went to a huge party at what was then a revolving restaurant at the top of a hotel in hollywood like with a dance floor and my costume my costume was just this tiny little black dress that I was never brave enough to wear before or since. And I just told people I was a high-priced escort. I was like that <laughs> girl. Nice. That was that's how I did Halloween. Wait, what? I don't know enough about your days in LA. What? <laughs> you reading my okay, books. that laugh alone <laughs> told me enough. What, what was it? What 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 were you doing? What were uh, you doing? So I was a screenwriter. That was my profession yeah. um, right. for like 15 years. But when I, when I first got there, you know, before I was like a full-time screenwriter, I was just, you know, like I was, I had little jobs as like a um, director's assistant. I was like the assistant to a couple of married character actors, but like I was always kind of part of Hollywood and you know, the young Hollywood thing, but like, I wasn't crazy. I was always like the most, you know, balanced and stable You're a go friend of the group. What's that? You're a go-getter. I was not a go-getter. I was, I, a I worked. <laughs> not a goody goody. I mean, I, I mean, it's just, I'm not a rager. Like I, yeah. I would go to parties and be the, the friend that everybody holds on to when they're drinking. But I also like, I don't, so my thing is like my liver is a diva and always has been. So it's Ooh. like, I go, I don't, I I've never really gotten drunk. I would say it's like, I go, I get tipsy. I go to very tipsy and then I start throwing up and there's like no stops in between. <laughs> but, oh, I, wish I, <laughs> I wish I had that. Yeah, so it's kind of just a biological thing. Um, But I'm also super adorable while vomiting. And I've actually had, (laughs) I've actually had, there's like a bartender who was like asking me out while I was throwing up in a bush behind the circle bar once. (laughs) It was like that kind of thing. So, you know, it was that. But then I, I, uh, you know, once I actually... So I, I don't talk about it a lot, but like I told you, I, I was married. Like I was kind of my first, I was the first of yeah. my friends, of my group of friends to get married. Um, mm. And I was with him for seven years. I wasn't looking to get married ever. It just kind of happened. And yeah. uh, and coincidentally, we actually, <laughs> we actually got together. I think it was October 30th. We got together at a Halloween party. Um, How long had it been? So what do you mean? Since you'd seen each other. So we... Oh, um, oh, sorry. Did you mean you met at a Halloween party? No. He was somebody that I kind of... I knew through work. And then I invited him to... He he had asked me out and I wouldn't date him while we were working together, mm-hmm. kind of. And then mm-hmm. he got another job. And I was like, well, let the games begin. And so I invited him to this party that my friends and I were throwing. <clears throat> and so that's when we got together. And then two months later, he asked me to marry him. I thought we were having like just a hot sex flame. Yeah. So it was a whirlwind, but it turned into the seven year ordeal. You said yes? <laughs> it was, I you said, said yeah. I was like, well, I'll think about it. And then basically 12 hours later, I said yes. And then we moved in together 
a month later and we kind of eloped. Like I couldn't even, I mean, problems started to arise really as soon as we moved in together. And if I was smart and if I actually was in the mindset of like someone who was thinking about what I actually wanted in a husband, I would have broken things off, but I didn't. And, um, and so, you know, and if you talk to people who are married, especially in LA, you might hear that, you know, once you get married or once you agree to get married, you kind of, you don't want to fail at it. (laughs) Um, Somebody inviting you to a Halloween party. Um, But anyway, so it's like you, you, you try to stay in it for as long as you can, even when things aren't going great. I mean, I'm sure there are people who protect themselves above all else, but I wasn't one of those people. Yeah. Um, So anyways, it's uh, long story short, all the hot sex that I write about is about him. And I don't write about dark romance ever. I just Mm -hmm. want to write about stuff that, that makes people happy because I've been through the dark romance in my life and I don't want to feel it again. And I don't want to feel it while I'm writing and I don't want to make other people feel it while they're reading my stuff. So that's, that is a long time to seven years, is a long time going <laughs> off know. of three months of, <laughs> of foreplay. That's like fucking wild. Yeah, it is. But <laughs> actually my parents actually got engaged after two months, but they're still together. So you never well, know. Look, when was that? You know, my parents yeah. met in high school and they're still together. It's yeah. like, I don't know how the fuck that happens. And I, I'm sure it never happens anymore and will never happen again. Well, you know? um, it changes with like the belief systems of a culture. Yeah, you know? I think like, so. I think a lot of like a lot of romance readers, it seems to me, like a lot of my fans that I've kind of gotten to know through social media have been married to their high school or college sweethearts or have been married for a really long time. It's it's Yeah, I think there's this sort of flagrant optimism in the community. And I'm like, guys, (laughs) chill. The fuck you I mean like (laughs) I, I will never believe some of the things that I have to say and that you believe I'm yeah. saying with my <laughs> oh, entire heart. No, no, I mean, I, I don't even mean it negatively. It's just yeah. that it just doesn't, like it It soon will maybe just not exist. Like it just, that's like, it actually just doesn't possible. work that way. I'll be fine with that. Yeah. Not that there's anything like, wrong. There's... Honestly, well, what I will say though is what is very interesting is that marriage actually does work. If you're married to the right person, um, yeah, the the whole idea of like kind of being legally forced to work things through with someone, it <laughs> actually it actually works because you you can you know you go through phases with people and yeah. when you have to work things out, you do. Um, but you know, I just happened to marry someone that I probably just should have had sex with for a few months and then we went on right yeah I, th- I think it's weird there's there there's such a like a there's there's probably a, a, a staggering amount of of books about this but like yeah. I've heard that like there are certain it's obviously not true across the board and there are a lot of uh, moral discrepancies herein but like there are certain arranged marriages where it's like yeah. because you like because you're just like ordained like you just have to be together you yeah. fucking make it work 
And like you beyond that, like it's it can be like the greatest love there is because yeah. you simply aren't you're you're given blinders. Like you're like this is this is it. And yeah. the way our current culture functions is so not like that. And it's like what's better to like have to like utter devotion or to have this the possibility of polyamory with the person mm. you love you know and i i think it's just it's it's interesting because i because i don't have any answers at all yeah and i don't even know what i want still yeah and it's just interesting to think about how some of these things really work well in ways that we you wouldn't assume um depending on where which area you come from area meaning geographically uh, uh, or i mean any yeah. any any border uh, yeah. whether it's geographical or cultural or yeah or uh era yeah yeah generations well this is actually a good seg segue because i would love to hear about you officiating your little sister's wedding which you did in the spring do you want to talk about that sure yeah. So did you did you get that online certificate from like the, the yeah. universal church? Yeah. Of I went online for a minute and a half and <laughs> ordained. It was crazy. Yeah. I, had no, I was like, wait, it's really done. I didn't have to <laughs> do anything. Anything. I Is it just like a Q and A? What do What do they have? No. 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 I no. All you had to do was sign up for the website. <laughs> Jesus. All I had to do was put my email in, create a password, oh my God. and then I was a minister. Oh my God. That's how easy it is. It's it's the craziest thing to me. I was like, uh, okay, should I buy the robes? I like should shouldn't there be something else to fulfill this this career I oh, I now have? Oh. Um and uh yeah, so that was fucking crazy. Um and then all I had to do was pretty much like write a monologue and so it was yeah. kind of the easiest job in the world and i didn't have to do it for a, perform for a lot of people per se uh -huh. <laughs> it was just you know it was hannah and ben mm -hmm. and our two families and at a house in lake tahoe and okay. we just we just we just dressed up and we did it on a uh on a deck and oh, it was really cute nice. yeah that's lovely very and, sweet and then you you like filed the paperwork and stuff right because i didn't have to do shit all i had to Seriously? do was sign it they brought it are you they sure because they didn't have to do it like listen all they had to do was bring alcohol and food to a, a town in california you know mere a hundred miles from where they, they were living in palo alto so it wasn't even that far it was it was probably further than that but okay they didn't have to like plan a wedding she just had to get her dressed they had to bring food and stuff they had to have a nice rental they had to make sure everybody was housed and then and it was only you know i think 12 11 12 people maybe more yeah. and, and and that was it and so like they didn't like so taking care of like the paperwork was they just brought it and then the day before i left they were like oh you gotta sign this so, I, so okay, I but somebody it. had to mail it somewhere. Please tell me somebody. They took it to the courthouse after because they like just went okay. on their honeymoon road trip after. So they okay. just stopped and okay. filed the paperwork. 
Okay, I didn't know well, somebody good. somebody needs to just double check for me that they actually have a <laughs> Okay, license. I'll let them know that Kaylee Loring, well, an author I work for, wants to make sure the administrative tasks are up to pat. Well, because there was actually um, this project, like somebody at Fox uh, kept pitching me this project. Um, it was actually a remake of an old movie called We're Not Married. And so my take on it was like some, a, a guy who was like, you know, the single guy friend of this group of friends. And he um, did the online ordained thing. And then mm. he married like all his friends in this yeah. like montage. And then they realize a little bit, a little while later that he forgot to mail in <laughs> the, the certificates or whatever. And so none of his friends that he performed the ceremonies for were actually legally married. Oh, <laughs> so it's actually a really funny idea, which I'm sure now somebody will steal. But um, well, this was like back in, you know, uh, May. I feel like we would know by now, but I'll double check. I don't think anybody's going to like email them and say, by the way, you're not married. It's, it's kind of <laughs> on you. So <laughs> somebody needs um, to check. Yeah, I think saying. they, they might have. I don't know. I'll check, but I, I, but I think we did it. All right. I think we did. I mean, feeling married is important, but they're come like the first time they have to file taxes as a married couple, they're going to want to make sure that they're married. Just saying. Copy that. Copy that. They're very very responsible. Okay. Because you're worried about me. My sister is on top. <laughs> okay. All right. My sister's on path. I believe she that. Let this thing go by the wayside. All right. So, you know, anyone, people are never surprised when they find out that my sister is who my sister is. <laughs> right. We have, the same, we have the same face and eyes, and we are both idiots in the same way, but we're not smart in the same way. Her uh. intelligence is a real world like actual concrete like adult thing like she yeah. is like, good at getting stuff done she always has been since she was four so mm. trust her more than okay. you you're not going to trust me i just... i trust that you're a brilliant actor and a lovely person and that you're always thinking about things <laughs> That you can't necessarily is that... change in the world, but you try to, which is really impressive. <laughs> yeah, um, but certainly when it comes to administrative things, I'm 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 the least intelligent person. I just give up after five minutes. I I mean I don't know that that's necessarily a marker of intelligence, but it's it is a personality flaw. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um. Okay. So here's something you did manage to do you narrated freed by el james since the last time we talked and that came out and was huge of course did it feel like a big deal to you um you know it didn't it it didn't feel as big of a deal as like doing the first one because the first one's like oh my god i got this job that's so cool holy shit and like you know that was like 2015 when i was really still starting out yeah Um, so uh no because also there was there's no like when an audiobook is released there's no um you don't see any of the fervor 
you know i mean i'm you know a website will come up with like a top audiobooks of the year or like a yeah upper romance of the year or it'll like hit the new york times which it will and like whatever like that will happen but you don't really know it and i think that's part of my frustration with doing audiobooks is like mm. i can be at the top of the game and i don't like actually feel any of the 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 sensation that someone might if say they you know I don't know. Like the, you like, don't because my you young listeners are tagging show. the shit out of you. There's tagging. <laughs> like, see, that's what I was gonna say. It's like, yeah, there's social media and there's yeah. tagging and there's plenty of that. But like, you know, the penguin, like they don't have to run a big PR thing for no, this because it's gonna happen no matter what. Yeah. And like I understand that they did a little bit and I did a little, but like, you know, it's like Well, I noticed that you finally got a haircut for a video that you did about that project so it must have been somewhat <laughs> important to you <laughs> i think i'd already gotten the haircut anyway oh, but okay. um thank you <laughs> no i get a haircut once every three months it's just my hair grows so goddamn fast yeah mine that too. there's no stopping it um but uh yeah it's so no i didn't really feel like the the magnanimity of it occurring like it just right. It was like, oh, cool! Just I did, you know, I did the job again. I mean, great money. <laughs> Don't fucking yeah, get me wrong. But um, so, so they pay more than like your usual rates for indie stuff. Is that? Oh my works? god, yes. Oh, they do. Okay, that's good. I mean, it's also it was a very long book, so yeah, there's that. But how long did it take you to record? Was it more than a two week? Two weeks. Or? Really? Wow. Two weeks, almost every day. Yeah, I think we took and, one day off. And they put you in a studio. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, so when you first, when you got the first job, um, yeah. how did, did you have to, obviously you auditioned, did they, did somebody invite you to audition or did you hear about um, it? No, I didn't audition. I Are just you... got it. Stop it. No, <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, no, Erica just, um, she just gave, she just gave it to me. Had she heard you in like a Colleen Hooper book or your mom? I suppose so. I suppose she'd listened to um, plenty of my books. I, I don't know. I don't even, wow. I actually have never asked her why she did that. Cause she really didn't have to. She really did not have to. That's amazing. Um, and uh, yeah. So she just like emailed you out of the blue or something? No, no, no. She didn't contact me at all. Penguin contacted oh, me. Oh, she just yeah. gave you. It's, it's wow. the most. It's the most official way I've ever, you know, gotten an audiobook job. It's because yeah. it's it, they do the the technical route where it's like, you know, you're not actually in contact with whoever's like the artists are never in contact with each other until like the, you know, kind of after the after the fact. Or if it's like, a you know, if it's a TV show, you meet the writers when you yeah. when you start rehearsals. But like or when you just are on set even. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, in this case, it's like I uh, I hadn't I'd never even met Erica, um, but I guess she'd heard me enough that she that wow. she liked me and thought I was capable. That's and fantastic. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, you just you know, it's like you get a a job offer. And I don't. I'm trying to think of other instances where people get job offers without auditioning. Um, but you know, well, it's just usually your company sends the email, you yeah. know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that was cool. That's 
Amazing. So I want to hear about, you just did a live show with your sketch comedy group recently. Yeah. It was like at a comedy venue, right? Were you part of a lineup? No, um, it was like, no, we, so like it's a dynasty typewriter, which is a relatively new theater. They're kind of like the best comedy theater in LA, I would say now, because it's in this old, uh, theater that's in an old hotel called the Hayworth. Um, and it's just beautiful. It's like a very, it just feels like you're really doing a show. Because previously we did shows at the Comedy Central stage. They, the Comedy Central has this stage where they like, that's essentially yeah, like yeah, a showcase yeah. stage. Yeah. Um, and we did shows there for like a couple of years. Oh, okay. Um, this audience is, is like a hundred people and it's very, very wide. So we'd have to play to like the far reaches of the corners, but this is a proscenium. And it's almost 200 people, but you can so uh-huh. much more easily be heard because the sound just shoots at, shoots back because it's a real theater. Did you get to rehearse um, there? We got to rehearse there once because we had like a long tech rehearsal. Mm. So uh, we did our tech and then we rehearsed. But this was the absolutely the most prepared we've ever been for a show because we actually wow. did a whole, uh, I guess, weekdays week of rehearsals. Yeah. Um, and uh, that felt great. It was good to it was good to do that um, because we never do. Uh, we always end up crunching real hard. But it was. Uh, but yeah, surprise. Um, yeah, it's hard to get four boys in the room together. Um, but uh, that has not no. been my experience in life. I'm just kidding. That's ha ha ha. So and it's called Sasquatch comedy. Is that oh, right? Sasquatch comedy. We've been making dumb shit since yeah. 2013, I think. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. We, I mean, like Jack, Jack is a little bit younger than, so Danny's a year older than me. Jack's a couple years younger than me. So when Jack, Jack dropped out of college to be in the Hunger Games. So he was like, <sighs> okay, I don't need to go to college. So then he moved back to LA where That's he's so from. True. And then he was like, and then he was like, let's uh, let's do a sketch comedy group. And here's my friend, Nick, who I was best friends with in high school. And we were like, OK. And then we just we started then. Um, and uh, yeah, we just, we started out putting stuff on YouTube. And yeah. we found that like the live shows are so much more fun. And oh, um, sure. yeah, we had a. We so had, what is the process of like you actually write these sketches? first right yeah I always write things that are a little like we write weird things but like I always write things that are a little too weird to make it in the show again um, shocking it's not my yeah and I also it's just not the form in which like you have to be pretty good at a certain kind of math to be able to write sketch comedy and it's like it's I just I can't just hammer out like this is how it goes like I just don't you're it's just about structure? not how my, like that particular structure. It's just not how my mind functions. Mm. Like my my ideas in and of themselves are too stream of consciousness to even work. Some I mean it, it'll make them laugh, but then they go like, <clears throat> I don't know what. Let's save it. Okay. <laughs> like I'll be like, yeah, fine, I don't care. I'm happy to just like you know, like improv my own shit on top of theirs and then it makes it into the show and I feel fine because I you know where I'm acting on stage well so each of you will write a sketch and kind of pitch it and then you see which works yeah yeah everybody writes 
stuff and then and then you workshop it yeah and then we read it and then you know we narrow it down this show we had like it was probably like half uh uh older sketches and then like you know the hits and then half yeah. new stuff um that's actually very good math um well how long is the show like an hour <laughs> Um, so this one was long. We had we had, we had fifteen sketches. We usually only do Whoa. like ten or eleven, I think. That's a lot. Yeah. So it ended up being like we had an open. That's like Saturday Night Live. <laughs> it, it pretty much is. Our friend, um, but so much better. Um, yeah. Our friend <laughs> uh, Biniam Bazuna uh, did stand up for us before the show. Uh, Rachel Bloom, who uh, we went wow. to college with, we were in. A really? Show with in college yeah she wow well she got uh she got food poisoned late in the game so she had to stay home it was either food poison or something else okay um but so that's how our friend ed opened up for us and and he was great and um yeah it was a great show i felt really good and it was cool to do a show without uh quelling it with like you know a drink beforehand which i would usually do i was like wow. oh no no i'm actually in it like i can't yeah, i can't yeah. douse what i'm <laughs> i can't douse the the nerves before a performance so there's no you have someone open for you but then it's just non-stop sketches oh yeah the rest of, wow mm -hmm. yeah. do you have like music playing in between setups or do you use props oh, yeah. at all oh it's like a oh yeah oh my god we're prop heavy it's annoying <laughs> Um, I mean, we always have swords and guns and of course. <laughs> just all kinds of stuff. It's very violent, but it's a silly, it's a silly violence. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was really, it was really sweet. And it was nice at the end because Jack is like the star of the show called The Boys on Amazon. I know. I've only uh, seen the first season, but I love, I, mean, oh, I think as you, as you can imagine, his character is so my jam. <laughs> oh yeah. Awesome. And yeah. by the way, I I had a meeting with his mom when I was a screenwriter, and she really thought was, she uh, thought I was charming and adorable. So. She is. She's oh, amazing. You're both charming and adorable. She's the best. This was back like she had just adopted her daughter, and so she was really tired. Um, but oh. she, her eyes are so beautiful. And I, I had like a one hour meeting with her and I, and afterwards I like literally for a week, I like, I couldn't stop thinking about her eyes. And I was like, am I in love with Meg Ryan? What's happening yeah. to me? Well, like you just that, can't. There's a reason she, she was the person that she yeah. was. Like you can't, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, you can't really not fall in love with. She's no. also like, well, she's so cool. Positive and kind and like, yeah, great. But she's a really cool person. And she has that kind of, um, well, she's very down to earth. Um, yeah, but you oh, you yeah. definitely this was like at a time when she was starting to choose to do like the darker stuff. And I totally right. understand why she yeah, did yeah. just from talking to her. Like For sure. That. But anyway, she's very cool. She was a real like she was just like one of the I. Well, she directed you, right? Because I could also see yeah. how she would be a really good director because like I pitched her this thing. It was for it was adapting a a book that she was attached to and I was horrible at pitching. Like I would basically just tell instead of doing like a 15 minute thing, which is what you're supposed to do. I would just like for 50 minutes, just explain what the entire movie would be to people. <laughs> nervous? But she was, no, not at all. I don't get nervous with celebrities. I don't, I don't, I don't like pitching 
but I felt very comfortable with her. Do you get nervous at all? With celebrities? No, just nervous. I get very nervous. I If I have to talk and be the center of attention and people are looking at me, I get very... I get diarrhea <laughs> beforehand, but then when I'm actually oh. in it, yeah, I I'm fine. Like the oh, nerves kind of work for me, but um, but anyways, so I did this whole pitch thing and went through the entire thing, and she was just like, "This is all great, I love this," but she was like, "But you're uh, the turning into the second act into the third act is kind of like a weak moment. It's not a strong act break," and I was just like, "You literally just described." everything that is wrong with everything I've ever written. Like the, the turning into the second act thing or the third act thing is like, that's my Achilles heel. Like I'm just not yeah. good at it. And she just, she got it instantly. Yeah. Um, so that was impressive. No, she's also very smart and, and just cool. She was like, just a, just a kind, good person. When we yeah. did, when we did that movie, I was like, I was like, you know, we'd already like me and Danny and Nick had like talked to her on the phone about doing it. Like we had like a, you know, a, a group call and um, but it was like it was just stunning how like fucking cool she was yeah. um, and how how like just easygoing and kind she was on a set. Like she's not like, like she hasn't directed a lot. I don't think I think this is her directorial her feature debut. And she was like just just so kind and it was yeah it's weird to think about now because like it was like me and Danny and Nick's like first like professional feature film and um that wasn't like you know a, a true indie and like we were sitting there doing a scene with Sam Shepard and then doing a yeah. scene with Hamish Linklater who I don't know if, I don't know if you watched Midnight Mass but he's like I haven't but I know who that is he's fucking blowing everybody away on that yeah. fucking show and I'm like finally like he, someone please recognize him he's like one of the best actors in Hollywood yeah. and he's so he's so strange he's such a strange man but he's also like so beautiful and there's just something so haunting about him he's just a great guy and um so it was like cool to like be enmeshed in this situation where I was like this is a wholly positive experience and it really didn't have to be and we all felt supported and we like improvised with like Sam Shepard and I'm like I got to fucking like make Sam Shepard break Ugh. in a scene before he went away I was like this is how the fuck you can meet your heroes you can yeah, yeah that's so it was just it was wild it was a wild time um, did you like Sam Shepard plays like in college? Oh God, yeah. Because I I did too. Yeah, I could see that because of the sort of stream of conscious bad and southern and stream yes. of consciousness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love him so much. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, I would imagine that since you work alone so much of the time as a narrator, that and you're like reading stuff that other people wrote, it must be great to work on things with your friends that you're actually creating. Yeah. Yeah. It was really nice. Oh, I had one tidbit I wanted to say, which is that because what? after the show, Jack, like I expected Jack to have like a lot of like, you know, uh, fans of the boys coming up and they did, <laughs> but I did too. I'm sure you did. <laughs> a lot of like a lot of these little, a lot of you little sweeties came up and, yeah. uh, and that was so nice. It was so nice That's to think like, Oh, people like, you know, they really, they really come out for this. Oh, you have a lot of support. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
So I actually want to, I, I talked to Teddy about this when I interviewed him. You know, he did stand up in LA for a little while in his early days. He did? As an, oh, you didn't know that? I didn't know that. Yeah, that's why I wrote Funny Business for him. Um, he did it like, you oh. know, because he was kind of transitioning from being like a child slash teenage actor to um, being slightly older and wasn't getting a lot of work. So he kind of dipped his toes in that. And uh, so ha like, have you ever considered doing stand-up? It's a very different kind of comedy. I've never really considered it. I've thought about it and like done it in like the shower. Um, sure. and, like, <laughs> and I know I'm funnier than 70% <laughs> people that try to do stand-up yep but i also just know that i would hate that world so much it's just like it's just something about like a lot of stand-up comics are some of my favorite people in the world yeah like danny for instance and i like admire people that do it but i also it's think hard. it's a disgusting world it's just gross and it's like you have to do it every night i'm like what are you talking about i'm not gonna go every night to do that like it's a grind. Just, I, yeah. and that's part of it is like you have to have like an intrinsic desire to want to talk to people a crowd of people and i'm like i have literally never drunk assholes mostly. yeah pieces of shit who come yeah. to see an open mic i'm like who even goes to see open mics that aren't stand-up comic yeah, yeah yeah um but i i like it's just um you have to have the the like you have to want to do like not just perform but to be like i have to get this shit out to you people like and you have to see me and i just i don't have that particular brand of sad narcissism that so many stand-up comics have yeah yeah yeah. Um, and when someone is a stand-up comic and they don't seem narcissistic i'm always like fucking bravo how do you do that because it's like yeah it's just inherently a narcissistic navel gazing in joke writing yeah, yeah. So what is, what is my take on everything in the world and right how do i make everything <laughs> yeah everything and i like you know i i think i just when i talk about issues or anything really i get too i think i get too mad like i would be too angry <laughs> stand up not that there aren't well that is a brand of yeah, some of the great ones but um but yeah it's uh no i i would i've never actually considered doing it okay fair enough but bravo to anybody who has yeah exactly um so let's talk about your band night darling and speaking of your very supportive fans you got really far in a contest a couple of months ago where people voted for you to be yeah. The opening act at a big Hollywood Bowl show and mm. a lot of your audiobook bands, I'm sure, I mean, I know a lot of them voted for you and I think you got really far, but I, I'm, I'm betting a lot of people discovered your band because of that contest. Did you get that sense or? Um, I, the latter, no, the former, I want to say, <laughs> okay. yes, I, and I really, really, I just, I keep, I'm a fucking... What's the phrase when you talk too much? I'm a baba da baba da baba da boo. I appreciate it so much. Yeah, I appreciate it so much that everyone stepped up to help. Yeah. Um. I yeah. It, it's sort of um. It was sort of like a trick. I think like it's it's not like entirely, but like the contest, the nature of it was like your votes rolled over for the first three rounds, so you could like. We were first every time, so it felt like we were winning. And then, like, as soon as the votes didn't roll over, it was just a 
who has the most followers on Instagram and can get get everybody to oh. fucking hammer out votes. And um, so like, you know, we don't have a big following, so it didn't it didn't play out like that. Oh. I don't think anybody, anybody really understood quite the the depth of like how much help we needed in that fourth round. Right. Um, how many rounds yeah. were there ultimately? There were like seven. So like oh, it was okay. four, five, six, seven. And it's like oh. it, when we started to falter on the on the fourth round, I was like, oh, we're not going to, there's no chance. Like mm. there's just no chance at all. So, you know, it was, it was a little bit of a pipe dream, but um, I didn't feel, I didn't feel too upset about it. it was, well, you had yeah. other things going on, right? Yeah. We went to New York and played a show and. Yeah. And, uh, well, I would love to hear about that because I love New York and I haven't been. I since love New York. 2016, I think. So. Really? Yeah. yeah. Um, I hadn't been back in like two and a half years. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I always feel like a sense of wonder that I just almost never feel in the same way in LA. Um, or anywhere else, really. It's just, it's got yeah. a very unique energy. And I'm glad to hear that it's still like that. Yeah. You know? And I, but it's with that comes the, uh, the chaos, you know, and yeah. some of that was like self-imposed because mm-hmm. like, like when I'm in New York, I'm just like, well, I got to see everybody and we got to go out for drinks and we got to have mm-hmm. eat brunch and like bleh. I was staying in this like super nice apartment because my friends were out of town. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was essentially cat sitting for them. Oh, um, and it was no, it was, it was really, really nice. Uh, yeah. And um, it was just nice to have a little, a little uh, quiet little spot. Um, yeah. It's but, so uh, important in New York because it's just noisy and everything's literally it literally is yeah the city that never sleeps and you just have to have your little yeah. enclave and even when you do it very often you still hear traffic all the time and stuff like that so what, what neighborhood were you in uh clinton hill and uh it was yeah and it was like the, you know the window was into the courtyard so it wasn't that's wonderful nothing too stressful and um and the show itself was like one facet of like a a big chaotic trip. Um, I went to a wedding. Oh, you did? How long were you there? I was there like a week and a half. Oh, wow. Um, I arrived and went with my friend to a wedding uh, up in Kingston. um, And that was cool. It was a traditional uh, Desi wedding. So it was, uh, there was an Indian groom and uh, then there was uh, his white uh, partner who was the other groom. And uh, so they both rode in on, you know, um, white horses, highly decorated white horses, and <laughs> they really did ceremonial gear. Yeah, and, oh and like the a lot of dancing and wow. Um, they they did like the the you know the traditional practices, but it, but they it was it was two men getting married, so that yeah. was super cool. Did um, you have to wear something silky and shiny? I forgot the name of the style of the thing that I had to wear, but I did wear traditional Indian garb for the um, for the opening ceremony. The second night, I, I was black tie. Okay. And then through the rest of my New York trip, I just drank with everyone all the time, and it right. was a blur. It was fun, and you it was so. You have to function great. at a very high level all the time in New York. I don't know how people do it. I don't know how people do. It. I was at the end. I was like get me the fuck home and into a yeah. bed for so long. It just was hurting. And oh. sort of the beginning of the end, I just was like, I yeah. can't do this anymore. I'm so fucking exhausted. It just hurts, you know? So. Yeah. 
Um, I don't but... need, <laughs> I don't need your whimpering kindness. I'm okay. I just, I'm glad I'm making this choice. I'm glad that these things happened so that I could say goodbye to them. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, no, I, I get it. Yeah. Um, well, so I know that you got to see uh, Emma Wilder, who is one of my new favorite people. And, yeah. Uh, and you were matching and you were wearing a shade of blue nail polish that I also sometimes wear, which was It's still, I, I love to just keep, like, <laughs> let nail polish ride. It's, there's yeah. still traces of it on my fingers right now. Did you get a manicure in New York or was this, did somebody do that? Oh, did I just did it. No, I just really? did it. Wow. Yeah. No, I had a friend who like was wearing really cool nail polish a night before the show. And I was like, will you bring that to the show? And she was like, yeah, <laughs> we did. And, uh, but yeah, having Emma there was so nice. She was, that was at your show that convinced her to come out. She was, she is not a person who like even outside of COVID would like, yeah, you, you know, come to your show on the lower that East night. side. That sounds terrible. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, I probably wouldn't even at this point, but uh, she very, yeah, she came and it was, she's and so we were great. matching and she's the best. Yeah, she is. Like I had Teddy and Emma on here together because of funny business and because they're such good friends. But I think uh -huh. of you as sort of a trio of friends, like narrator friends, right? Like I imagine, I imagine you kind of have the little brother role in that little group. Oh, I do. We have a little, we have a group chat. Yeah. And <laughs> uh, all we do is uh, compliment or talk shit yeah, yeah no they, they actually no they're i will say teddy pretty much never makes fun of me he's yeah. a very good uh fictional brother if you will yeah no i believe it he's he i think he might actually be the nicest man alive it's yeah great. yeah he's well he's certainly like one of the most bipartisan understanding people alive he's mm. like just one of the least judgmental human beings i've ever seen man that's rare yeah yeah it is um it's my goal <laughs> i want to get there you know yeah. i work I so often from from the the binary and morality issues and like yeah, what's do. right in politics and what i think is right and i'm so fucking sick of it like it's it's not how i want to operate anymore so like people like that are a beacon of of the well the he's pretty outspoken on facebook about stuff certainly actually. but certainly but it's always <laughs> with personal. it's always with like a you know a view from above it's not like yeah, a yeah. hard-lined like you know this is how it fucking is kind of thing yeah, yeah yeah which is how i've operated for many years um so back to night darling um yeah. did you do any cover songs we didn't do a cover this time and we didn't do an encore because we were like a little too nervous that maybe people didn't want it. Um, even though someone literally yelled encore. I think we were just so tired. We were just like, uh, we was did it, it towards the end of your trip. Many of you. Um, ish. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It was like, so I arrived in New York on a Thursday, went to the wedding and then we had two rehearsals Monday, Tuesday, <laughs> Or no, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then Thursday was the show. And then we all okay. left. Somebody wow. left Saturday. I left Sunday. Oh. So, yeah. Well, so I keep suggesting songs for you to cover, even though you never asked me to, of course. And I, I'm just <laughs> A lot of keep, people do. I'm just going to keep doing it until you actually listen to me okay. for once. So, like, <laughs> I've already suggested 
fade into you. And then I randomly. Oh, that's a good you. one. I know. Uh, like that yeah. one you you would actually consider. Um, and I was like, Crimson and Clover, because the Joe sure. Jet version is hot. And you were like, interesting. And I was like, fuck you. It's <laughs> well, it's just I think something in that realm would be good, but Crimson Clover. Okay, I'm gonna I'm, hey. Okay. Hey. I'm no, I'm kidding. I'm not actually yelling at you. Um I I, I don't actually know. love it if you would yell at me. Oh, would you have- <laughs> No, Crimson and Clover is like, I don't know. It just, I think it just is something specific to me in my own memory where like, I don't know, I had some CD of like biggest hits of 1968. And like, it's just like, it's in that realm would be cool, but maybe not that. Okay. So I would now like to put forth A Case Mm. of You by Joni Mm. Mitchell. Interesting. Um, Interesting. I need to re-listen because I... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> do you need me to be do you need me to give you affirmative after no after i'm just gonna seven? keep throwing songs out and i haven't i okay it is one of my great shames that i haven't truly explored Joni mitchell beyond well, it's you. because you have a penis that's i totally no i love I female artists there's nothing there's it's nothing about no, no, that. no but Joni mitchell is very specifically she like speaks to women, I yeah, think. Like, that is absolutely true. I, I bet anything your lead singer friend with the awesome boobs likes Joni Oh, Mitchell. Addie knows Joni Mitchell back to front. Her parents yeah. were hippies, so she, you know. Yeah, see, I bet she likes she's an, she, she grew up with that. I grew up with New Order and Nirvana and yeah, like yeah, Celine yeah. Dion. So like. <laughs> okay, True by Spandau Ballet. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> but. We'll put it in the maybe. The problem with that song is I would what? be tempted to sing like he sings. And yes, I so can totally see that. Oh. Okay. Close to Me by The Cure. I would... Silence. I will do probably any Cure song as long as it's not one of those like 15 minute... <laughs> uh, what's that album? There's an album where there's like a lot of Were long... remixes? No, it's uh, I'll find it. Whatever the answer is, probably okay. Um, I'll be seeing you, like old school Billie Holiday or like the Sarvan. Hmm. Again, you're all you're making a lot of choices that I'm like, yeah, I like that direction, but like I don't, I don't, I don't, I can't even think of what that song sounds like right now. Okay, I can't make you love me, body rate. I'm going like the angsty route because you guys. That's good. That would be great because Addie could do that and yeah. we and it's like strong guitar and strong keys. Yes. And if you put a beat to that, that's great. I okay. like that a lot. I'm just gonna, I'm just I had a couple Keep of going. I like this. Really? Okay. So do you know the song Because the Night? Um like <laughs> I, we've talked about doing that one. That one's on my list. Is yeah. it really? Oh yeah. It's yeah. such a great song, and I bet it would be like a uh a big hit in your <clears> concert because yeah it's also it's the vibe and like it's yeah. it's it's the vibe and uh, in, it's the tone so i need to not oh god i am a middle millennial i can't be saying what these kids are saying um but the uh uh yeah it, it the just also the history of it like the fact yeah. that springsteen and patty smith wrote it that's yeah. like that's fucking that's you know that's the male and the that's the male and the female the yin and the yang the duality of both yeah. yeah 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 so side note have you read just kids by patty smith 
Of course I have. Twice. It's one of my favorite. Have you really? It's one of my favorite books and I go back to it all yeah. the time. She's I, such I, a good writer. Oh my God, she's incredible. Um, but it's uh, it's one of those, I guess a lot of like autobiographies are sad, but yeah. uh, and memoirs and stuff, but like, man, it just like, oh God, it just hurts. It really does. It hurts in a good way. You know, Robert Maplethorpe died three days before I was born. Oh, so do you feel like maybe you have a little piece of his angsty soul? Yes. Yeah. The answer is yes. I mean, maybe. Maybe that. Um, okay. Sad Eyes, which was also written by Springsteen. But I love I love his version, but have you Ooh. heard the Trisha Yearwood cover? Because when oh, sees it, no. it's actually pretty great. No, I haven't. Yeah. We covered... Um, we used to do a thing where we covered uh, When I Call Your Name by Vince Gill mm. up top. So like we're we're not against and Addie loves like just fucking around doing 90s country with me. Um, so like we're not against like breaking form at to breaking form to like open a show. Um, and uh, that, yeah, so you would open with with a cover? I don't know. I don't know. I don't I, I don't know what that song. I actually don't know that song. Um, well, I'm not, I don't mean that particular song, but when you do a cover, like where in the show do you usually? Oh, so so in that case, it was like this, it was this intro where we would just do the chorus pseudo acapella and then go into our own stuff. Um, and then we would do another cover later wow. in the show. Okay. Do you know yeah. what? I actually have to pee. Do you want to take a quick break? <laughs> yeah. Is that okay? Yeah. We'll yeah. I'm going to keep recording. I'm going to go just... grab some coffee. Do it. Just don't forget to come back. Okay. Okay. So wait, I don't come back? Hello? Hello. Welcome back. You. Welcome to you. Thank you for thank you for coming back to my show. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, do you oh, have Do you have time? I love what? when people say "Welcome to you." Welcome. To I always you. interpret to me. it as not like "Welcome to you" as well. I interpret it as "Welcome to you." <laughs> <laughs> you are now you. Anyway, that's. Um, well, let's dig into that. No, let's not. Do that. Um, <laughs> we kind of already stupid. did. It's dumb. Yeah. Um, so do you have time to talk about your band a little bit before we segue to narration stuff? Cause. Sure. So I'm actually, I'm really fascinated about by how like band members work together. So can you tell us how you collaborate with your friends musically? Um, yeah. Uh, well, when we started out, I was like, well, I'm just going to write, you know, basic ass country songs and see if they work as synth pop anthems. Um, and as we discovered the other day, we did like a, our first listen through of our album in like oh. two years. <laughs> um, and uh, we were like, oh, we have a lot of like somber jams that are like <laughs> meant that are, that are like super ballad-esque, like dark things and like, we were like, why the fuck don't we play some of these live? Because they're like really dreamy. And like, this is what, you know, if a, if a band was doing a real concert, 
not that we don't put on a real show, but like, you know, a concert, we would play those like sort of like weird uh, ethereal, like yeah. uh, ambient style folk <laughs> synth things that we're doing. Um, and it's like, you know, sonically a, a lot cooler um, than just being like, let's do our dance songs, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, but like, yeah, we started out, I, I, I would write like, like Sheriff's Ballad was like a, you know, I wrote a country song when I was like in the desert in Arizona by myself. And, oh. and I was like, oh, let's fucking turn this into a big thing. And then Lucas, you know, his interpretation is always so brilliant. Like when he, cause he produces everything and mixes oh, everything. He does. Okay. And so like, it'll either start through that Avenue or Addie, she's like much more proficient in Ableton than I am. So she'll like, you know, start the bones of a thing uh, with her idea for a, you know, a, both the melody and the backing and everything. Okay. And then, you know, Lucas takes hold and then it turns into something so much more professional. Um, and so we come at it from all angles and John playing guitar is like always this essential. There are only a few songs that he doesn't play on um, that we start like before he was in the band. It was it was like just the three of us, like throwing all our very, very different styles together. Yes. Um, and then like his layering on top of it made it like what it really is. It just sounds so okay. like pro to have like a really expert guitarist on top of it. So you yeah. each have your own strength. So you're the lyrics guy though. Uh, Addy and I both are the lyricists. And then every now and then we'll, you know, all get together and be like, this isn't working. Let's like work it out, we'll work out, work it out lyrically together. Okay. And, but yeah, Addy and I are the main lyricist, vocalist, Lucas is, uh, you know, he's our synth and keys player live, but mm -hmm. he's the producer, um, which I, I want to figure out a way that when we do a show, people really understand how involved he is in yeah. like the, the, the structure of everything. Yeah. Yeah. If he could like, oh, because I would imagine that's what takes the most time. Oh, yeah. That's why the producer reigns supreme in the music industry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man, can really make or break. Oh yeah. 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 Um, so, but, so, but what instruments, I know you play the violin and you play that in your shows. I do. And for a while I played my like old, like learner acoustic that I had because my old violin that my grandmother bought me when I was 10, uh, was stolen. Um, yeah. so a friend of mine, very good friend of mine just gave me her violin and she was like, as long as you play it. And then I didn't play it for a few years. And then I, <laughs> And then I was like, oh, I can play this in the band. And that's like part of like, I, there's like these huge, like, you know, reverb heavy stylized solos, violin solos in, in the album. That's one of the things we discovered. I was like, oh, this is like really cool. I played a little bit live, but I bought the, I bought an electric violin before the New York show and it changed everything. Cause it like, like, obviously it's going to sound better than uh, trying to shove an acoustic violins body up against a, microphone like yeah yeah so it's um it, it's it's starting to come together you know well so when are you gonna have a whole album to release we are looking at uh around my birthday of next year of march okay yeah a pisces release a pisces release. <laughs> which makes sense because it's it, it's it's a mood piece i'm guessing it is definitely have you do you know um the band the cowboy junkies 
I have heard that name. I don't know them. No. You should listen to them. I used to uh, go to their concerts, and they—I mean—they're not um, synthy at all, but they really create this amazing vibe, and because they're kind of like country pop cowboy junkies. Yeah, they're from Canada, and they're and they're like big in the nineties. Cool. I guess, but um, you might like them. I don't know. Um, well, unlike anyone I know, I followed them on Spotify <laughs> because then you really? update, and it's also a good way to support an artist. I don't know it anybody is. that follows like they, like they like will like a song or an album or something, but like, but really usually just a series of songs. I'm like, why don't you support, especially like your friends who are artists? Like, just yeah, yeah, yeah. follow people. Yeah, I follow the artists. Yeah, it's uh, but it's not that common. Um, really. Yeah, I like everyone well, in my band. They like don't follow artists. I'm like, well, guys. but what's they actually? I noticed recently that they changed it so that it's actually harder to follow. Like you used to, I think, just be able to like click on follow and you'd follow, but now you have to like click on it and then it asks you if you want to follow. And it's like this whole process. So Spotify well, uh, did that. Yeah, I think that might be different now. I don't know. I don't remember that being well, the case. But it's. But I just yeah. For instance, I just followed. Cowboy junkies and just, oh, okay. just I just followed them. It's not too hard. Okay, well, I guess I'm just a fucking idiot, but whatever. <laughs> well, I didn't say that. <laughs> didn't have to. Um. So now let's segue to narration stuff. So, but um. So you you said that you're in your studio now. So you have a studio that's and it's not even in your new house. It's like it's a back it like house. a shed. It's not even a shed. It's a really nice little room. Well, um, sheds are really nice now. I'm just. <laughs> there also is a shed. I am not working okay. out of the shed. This okay. is like a, it's a, like a tiny little house. Um, it doesn't wow. have a bathroom or like water or anything. Okay. But there's enough space for the insane amount of musical okay. equipment I've accrued. Um, wow. And uh, I, I am looking at, you know, someday soon getting working a vocal booth into here but um you know i've got time so currently it's just uh it's a you know it's just like a little perfect music studio is it soundproofed it is not soundproofed okay (laughs) but like you know for like if i want to record say vocals or just a you know voiceover audition i would just do that at night Okay. Um, there's no sound coming through at all. And it's weird because we're like blocks from the 101 and you can't hear it at all. Oh, that's great. Yeah. But then, but the, you know, for recording any uh, uh, instrumentation, there's, there's no, it, it wouldn't matter even if there was sound. Oh, that's nice. So when you do have your, do you call it your vocal, your recording booth, basically? Like, w- yeah. would you actually build that or you would hire somebody to? I would most definitely hire somebody. I can't. <laughs> oh god! I, but also, like, you can oh, just they. buy one and then you put it together. That's fine. Yeah, I if it, if I needed it to be custom, that would be a different story. But I haven't really looked into it yet, so I don't. Is that what you did at your other? Like when you lived with your friend, you had a. Yeah, there it was like a room that was built into the garage, so I just soundproofed it, so I didn't have to like oh. buy a booth or anything. um i looked into like fully soundproofing it and getting a guy to like come and do it and 
it just ended up like it wasn't even going to cost that much it just mm -hmm. would have been like a, a lot of pain and time and yeah. i didn't even know if i was going to live there that much longer yeah so. yeah, yeah so yeah. you're going to be kind of settled where you are for a while you think oh yeah no i am like this is easily the most comfortable living situation i've ever been in oh, and i'm going to be here a while yeah oh i'm so yeah. glad and it's pretty different from where you've lived before huh sounds like yeah it's a, it's a real house and it's <laughs> real cute and it's great i'm very happy oh i'm glad um so wait so do you always use a, an engineer pretty much always you, yeah you do yeah. so yeah. you do like the remote stuff if you're like when no you're... I, I go into a studio oh you are so. oh, okay yeah but like you can still do the basic tech stuff right like everyone yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what I was doing last year in the beginning yeah. of quarantine. Yeah, I hated it, granted, but I, um, uh, but you know, it's it just makes things easier to be like, I'm just going to go into the job, and then I leave the job, and I'm not mm. doing the job anymore. Um, <laughs> as opposed to like being like all access narrator, which a lot of people have to be. I'm like, I can't, it can't, it can't be my entire life. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's, it's yeah. hard. Um, well, you always sound great but I can't tell you how thrilled I am with attachment theory. Like, so you read Dylan Brody and Noah, who's seven, and it's just mm -hmm. it's so delightful and occasionally a little heartbreaking because there's just so much you in the performance, it seemed. Um, and so like you and Teddy and Jason recorded a couple of little Brody Brothers clips for teasers for me back when I was like just starting to write attachment theory, and I messaged you. Yeah after I heard them and I said that you totally nailed the little brother vibe when you, especially when you said the words pile of poop emoji. And I was like, um, well, you do realize I'm going to be exploring some of this sibling <laughs> stuff in the book. And you responded, and this is a quote, I'm a big open vein, just bleed me out, which I assume will be a song lyric one day <laughs> because it sounds very- What did I say? I'm a big open vein, just what? Just bleed me out. So I said, I will bleed you out and then give you a transfusion to make you all better. So did, did I deliver or or am I also? Yeah, no, it's as, as much as, uh, as a work of fiction can accomplish that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I almost started to feel like you were um, like you have some hidden camera somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> there are a lot of uh, similarities to my current state. Really? Um, but in so many ways, uh, like at the same time, I am not like that character. Dylan yeah. Brody is uh, pretty fervently optimistic, I would say. Yeah, um, he is. And uh, and well, I, I wanted to make you feel like that while you were working on it. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was, <laughs> it was good. It's just like it carries because he's just like, OK, let's go. Let's do this. It's, yeah. time. it's time. You know, we have, obviously we have this figured out. Let's do it. Yeah. And uh, I'm never quite so confident and uh he's not a a sabbat self-saboteur like i am um but it was yeah. fun to do that and then like uh the kid noah was super fun because yeah. that's yeah. the age that i can like rest in my voice like whenever somebody's yeah. like scream like a two-year-old i'm like I, I there's no way i'm gonna be able to sound exactly like that and yeah, i yeah. like i mean i can't imagine what like people with even deeper voices have to do i'm <laughs> like it's just not going to happen. So like when he's, you know, to, was he nine? He was seven. Uh, 
Seven. Okay. Yeah. I mean, like between seven and 12, like I can, mm -hmm. I can comfortably like do those ages. Cause it's like, it's, it's as much like your tone as it is just the style of how they talk. Cause they oh, just yeah. go and then they yeah. forget to breathe and then they yeah, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. To breathe. so like, you know, there's just little things you can do. Um, yeah. but yeah, the, like the rapport between them was really sweet. And I yeah. liked that a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Noah was somewhat obsessed with farts and also loves animals. Mm -hmm. Like, did you ever go through a fart obsession phase? A fart obsession phase? I, mean, <laughs> I don't know that, like, there are many little boys on earth who don't. don't like, yeah. everybody thinks farts are funny when they're seven, I think. Yeah. Um, I think at some point, like, boy, like, there's sadly, like, this divergence where, like, Little girls are told that that's not what they do. The <laughs> and then worst. little boys are like, you're just being <laughs> a boy. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, 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 of course I had a fart phase. I don't know if I'm out of it to be yeah. totally. That's, that's another awesome thing about having a penis is you never have to leave the fart phase. Yeah. Um, well, I remember you saying that you were really shy and introverted when you were little. So I'm guessing you weren't much like... Noah, who like is just a kid who kind of approaches strangers and is like, here, take this kitten. <laughs> well, oddly enough, I, yeah, no, I wouldn't have done anything like that. I was, I was, I was very like, um, I think like when I was like a very little baby, I was, I was like, I would communicate with anybody and I would, mm -hmm. I would smile at anyone and I was excited about people, but that pretty quickly was uh, drowned out of me <laughs> because like uh you know, you sometimes you I think like certain kids swiftly learn that you can't trust everyone yeah um, hopefully and my mom certainly ingrained that in me because she was very worried about um uh, other people and how they act mm -hmm. and I totally understand why she did that yeah, but yeah. I had to sort of regain that ability to like communicate with people on a on a just basic human trust level um yeah. and uh but it's funny because my little brother he we were polar opposites he would like he didn't trust anybody like out of the womb he would like glare anybody who like tried to talk to him like he was a baby he was like he was like nope <laughs> um, so yeah i think that's like it's I, I i have like that's where my personality splits like i'm either like hey, like, you know, puppy dog, like, ready to meet anybody, or yeah. I'm like, can everyone just fuck off forever? Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Duality. Well, so the duet editing that Danielle did is just flawless, and you and Emily Wuzeller sound like you're in a room together for sure. Really? Like, it sounded like you had amazing chemistry, and I can't believe that you didn't even talk We've never to her. spoken. That's We've never insane. spoken. And she doesn't even follow me on Instagram. That's so. just weird because she actually I don't follows think she's me ever, I don't, <laughs> she think, probably I don't think she's ever heard me talk um well, I watched so videos of her really just to prepare yeah because she has like interviews for like video games she's done so I looked her up on YouTube Wait, so you didn't exchange that I was emails that. or what you didn't exchange emails or anything I, maybe one maybe one. Oh my god um, we certainly didn't have an ongoing communication um That's you know you just put two talents in two different rooms. Well, but that's it. I mean, it's so impressive. Like you're just such pros. Like it. I mean, the chemistry was there. I I I sent uh, 
like one chapter to my publicist and I, I told her you guys like we're in a room together and, and she was like they sound like bffs and like you really do like it's just that's cool and it and that's, i i mean i think Sorry. It, no, no, no. I just because all it's going to do is gush, which is disgusting. But it it just sounds incredible, and I'm sure you won't want to listen to it. But it's just it's really, really great. No, I would and, love to call, especially now with this <laughs> this knowledge that it that it worked out so uh, so seamlessly. Well, you know, I mean, I especially loved how like the three therapy sessions came out. Like they were those were really important scenes and they were just pitch perfect and like there was a lot that had to be accomplished in those scenes like you had to have chemistry but there was also a little bit of a power struggle happening with like with Scarlett who's the therapist trying to establish boundaries and then Dylan would respect them while also being a flirt but like but there also had to be like some actual therapy happening but like yeah you know not so much that it would seem wrong for her to date him after two and a quarter sessions. Well, I mean also like I guess if you think about it like you know if two people like understand if two actors like understand what is the what the tone of the scene is and if yeah. you've exhibited that in the writing then we're going to follow the the tone of what's happening um and I think, I don't know, it's it's like, I don't think Tom Hanks and Tim Allen were always in the same room when they did Toy Story. Oh, no, <laughs> you know? I'm sure that's like, true. I guess if like, you know, you're in it enough and you like, it's well, it's different with an audiobook because like if you're recording an animated film per se, then you are, then, you know, you record the thing a hundred times each yeah, line. Yeah. And with an audiobook, you don't do that. So the yeah. fact that it lined up is really cool. It's truly magical i mean it's just it all came honestly i was really nervous <laughs> to listen to it at first uh -huh. but as soon as i got into the prologue i was just like this is this is going to be epic and completely wonderful and like the early listeners were kind of freaking out about it um nice um but i i i was gonna say like i it made me writing this and listening to it it made me miss being in therapy and I, I wish my last therapist in LA did Skype sessions, but um, have you, have you consistently been in therapy or do you go through phases like I did? Uh, I had like a gap year, I think in like 20, <laughs> <laughs> in uh, 2018, okay. I think. Um, Cause my therapist that I'd had since 2015 moved back home. I sadly found out in 2019 that she passed, which was oh, crazy. No. Um, but but, I, but I've had the same therapist since since uh, since I guess end of 2018, and um, that's well, yeah, maybe even before. No, maybe beginning of 2019, um, and it's been great. Yeah, so I've I've essentially been in therapy since for for six years. Wow, that must be great to have that kind yeah, of yeah. So I'm familiar with like with that, with, with like, you know, speaking objectively to someone, um, yeah. I'm not familiar with having a crush on my therapist. Right. <laughs> but I am familiar with having like a fun, easy rapport because like, you know, that's my way of, of, <laughs> of uh, covering up my uh, insecurities and like my, my issues is by like making my therapist laugh. Yeah. Um, so I like, I'm like, I always try to like, I always try to not do that so that I can get to the core of what's really going on. Yeah. Um, Does it take but, you like 15 minutes to get into it kind of thing? 
No, I usually come out of the gate. I'm like, well, oh. this is what I did wrong. <laughs> well, here's yeah, how I yourself. fucked up. And here's why I think that is. And <sighs> I know you can't tell me what to do, but I'm telling myself in my head that I do, that I should do this. Yeah. And am I going to do it? Probably not. But thank you so much. Do you have a nurturing therapist or like a? Oh, yeah. She, she's great. Love. She's, yeah. she's lovely. No, it's not tough love at all. She's yeah. she's super cool. Um, nice. I would not do well with a tough love therapist. Yeah. Because like I, ultimately it's like, like no one will. I don't think anyone ever actually learns from tough love. I think like you because really? it's well, because I think it's 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 a methodology for getting someone to do something to make a decision. And like you can't do that. Someone ha like any individual has to make to their choose. own choices on yeah, their own. Yeah. Time. Yeah. You yeah. can you like I that's true. I think purely on the basis that my my therapist said repeatedly, you're probably not ready. It's fine. Yeah. You don't have to like it's just not your time yet in terms of sobriety. Because she so lightly suggested um, you know, so many times and wasn't like ever pushing me to do it. She was like, I'm not, I'm not saying you actually have to, but here, like, here are your options. I finally just was like, fuck it. Like, I'm going to do it. You know, yeah. and if, I, if she'd, if she'd been like, listen, here's, this is what you need. Then I would, I would have maybe even gone to a different therapist, you know, wow. it doesn't work on me. That's at least what I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> Okay, good to know. Um, so, what about what about Dylan's former issue with falling in love with his love interest co-stars? Is that something you've experienced in your life that you would want to talk about? Or I'm um, sure you have well, friends who do that. It, uh, it, not not that exactly. No, um, more so jumping from thing to thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, more so like believing like romance will assuage my right. you know will bring about inner peace like okay. did the, the illusion of thinking that love is is the solve for solve rather Sal yeah, for, yeah, yeah. um for you know uh a, a pain or for any kind of suffering right. really that anything that a, any person or any thing that exists in form is yeah. the cell so like you know I, I, that I connected with quite easily okay. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and it's, and it's also odd because that, that was, that was written very poignantly where he was like, I know this isn't right. <laughs> like, I know yeah. this, can't, this can't be the way that it happens. And I'm, and like my methods obviously don't work, but how, like, I, what am I just going to stop, you know? Yeah. Um, and there's nothing wrong with working towards something and like wanting someone because that's human. But yeah. the, the the title itself, you know, gives it away. It's it's yeah, like I think like once he like kind of just was there and wasn't like truly attached to the idea that like this was gonna happen. Yeah. Then it was then it was going to flourish. Yeah. That's yeah. when love flourishes. Is when you when you aren't attached. When you allow right. another human being to simply be as they are. Yeah. That hits very close to home for me. Very, very close. And you, you consulted me about like 
<laughs> the title of the thing before. I did. Yeah, I was I was I was trying to see if there was a very specific um name for that particular issue of of falling yeah. in love with a co-star which, which I couldn't but uh but this hey, this worked. You know, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you got to you got to make it sometimes. Um Well, I didn't actually. Attachment theory is an actual um it's an actual like therapeutic uh it's an actual theory. It's an actual practice and like way of kind of um, framing relationships. Yeah, hey, all so I'm saying is sometimes you gotta just make it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, <laughs> got it. No, 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 I yeah, I knew that. Um, I think uh, utilizing it in the way you did was was a very new idea. It was super cool. Yeah, yeah. And it was also very like a largely positive, um, uh, without forcing positivity yeah. which i think like is the the um forcing positivity or negative negativity which mm -hmm. is what a lot of, i think what a lot of romance novels fall prey to is like like here's the problem or like everything's fine and that wasn't the case it felt like it naturally organically came about like it wasn't some big blowout there wasn't like some it wasn't yeah. like it's this gotta be this there's no other way you know it wasn't it, it was like right in the middle where things realistically are yeah usually so well done thank you um so but of course i had to give dylan a kitten partly because it's like the most it's the easiest most manipulative thing <clears throat> you could do as a romance author is <laughs> give a pet but also it's so adorable when you post about your kitty cat so uh like mm. how did how did your cat turkey come into your life and why is she called turkey um i mean i've wanted my own cat for a while uh but i was i've wanted my own cat for a while but i was hesitant because um you know i didn't want to like i didn't i didn't want to neglect a thing yeah. and um like i was like i don't know if i'll be able to manage it between going to work and like socializing and everything like i like will i really spend that much time with the cat and then like turns out I didn't spend as much time with her as I wanted. Mm -hmm. And now I'm spending a fuckload of time with her, which is great. Yeah. Um, but uh, I I got a tattoo from this kid uh, last year um, and he had a cat in his apartment who was just so beautiful and cute and nice. And I was like, man, I really want to, where'd you get your cat? Heard you, did you adopt? And he was like, yeah, I went to a Mohawk Animal Hospital on, uh, on sunset oh. um and just like they have like a little adoption room and he just met the cat and adopted Aww. the cat five years ago so i did the exact same thing right after i got the tattoo i just went there wow. and she was the only cat there oh she's three years old and she'd been there since she was born stop it so i was like what and she came immediately sat on my lap i was like oh, oh my god their name was Turkey already. Yeah. And Turkey is what my grandmother used to call my mom's cat, who was actually Get named Turkey, because my wow. grandma doesn't usually know what things are named. Oh my God. Um, and, she, and I was in tur and Turtle passed last year. So I was like, oh, uh, there's literally no way I can't take this cat. I was yeah. about to go to Costa Rica for my birthday. So I was oh, like, yeah. okay, sign me up. I'm going to get her when I come back. Oh. and uh so you put her yeah. on hold <laughs> i put her on hold and then she was she, i mean it was her 
I, I think she was freaking out because she's a cat in a car, but also because she'd been adopted before and then they brought her back after a month. I was like, what the fuck did you people do? Like, why? What? Like, she, I mean, she like definitely was a total, she's a psycho. Okay. But like not in like a really mean way. She's just feisty. Like I was like, yeah. why don't you just let her? A month is not nearly long enough for any living being to be comfortable in a space, no. really. Yeah. Um, you need more time than that. So so yeah. So when I brought her back for a checkup, they were like, "You're not bringing her back, right?" I was like, mm. "No, she needs her shots. You guys yeah. told me to bring her back." Um, I was like, "You just yeah, just do your thing. We're we're doing fine." So. Um, but yeah, she's, she's incredibly cute and I'm glad to be in this bigger, uh, yeah. house now. Cause I can take real photos of her in my little tiny apartment. There was never a good angle. So it's very I'm important home. to have good angles for cats. Adopted and rescued cats are honestly just the sweetest souls. And once they do accept you as their person, they're just so committed. It's, uh. I oh love yeah, that, that happened for you. You have to earn their trust. Like you can't yeah. just. That's always a sign of like a, of a kind of narcissistic person to me. Is like, <laughs> you're not. If you just are like fuck cats, then I'm like, oh, you don't like, you don't like the notion that you have to try yeah, yeah, to get yeah. someone to like you. Yeah. <laughs> that's just. It's always so obvious. I'm like, you're just, ugh, you're just an American, aren't you? You're just, <laughs> You're just a little fucking American. You think you think you deserve to be just granted someone's <laughs> energy. There you are coming from that judgmental place again. <laughs> yes. But I, you're right. You're totally right. <laughs> um, well, so you said you got a tattoo that was this year. So this was like your post-COVID, your post-lockdown tattoo. I've actually gotten many tattoos. That's what I that was like gonna be my last question. Like I don't even remember which one it is. I'm going to try really? to <laughs> look here. I'll tell it up. Let me see. Because he, he did a couple for me, so I'm not sure which one it is. I'm just so fascinated to know, like, like, what did you, like, what did you choose to have tattooed on you? Do you always go in and just say, hey, give me a tattoo, whatever you feel like? Or <laughs> No, I did, like, because all these artists, sorry, all these artists post on Instagram, they're oh. flash. So they just have like, just like little booklets of images. And then I go like, oh, great. And I, I go like, I claim that one. Oh, okay. Schedule okay. a time for two weeks from then. And then, wow. and then you go in and they do it. And yeah, he does little stick and pokes. And I, I got a lot of stick and pokes because a lot of these young girls. I don't know do. what that means. Stick and poke means you're just using a needle and you're not using a, uh, a, a needle gun. Oh, oh, okay. So like they just go and they just dab. It takes a lot longer. Yeah. It costs a little bit more, but it's like, you know, these are like usually young artists just working out of their apartments. And I was like, hey, they need under the table cash. So what, pandemic. is it more precise than or something? No, it's just a different style. It's definitely less precise, I would say, oh. um, depending on the artist. But it's usually like a little, like he, in fact, does like almost childlike, like sort of medieval drawings. They look like out of a picture book from like, you know, the 70s or something of like yeah. medieval settings and scenery. And some of them are very like, uh, like, you know, uh, ethereal and 
strange and some are like like there's one on my arm of like a a knight walking up to a castle in the clouds and like that's yeah. cool but he's perfect angel tattoo on instagram if anybody wants to follow oh, wow. Um, yeah. and then do you, so at this point, is it just like, we'll just find a space on my body and do it there? Or is there ever like a significance to where you? No, I'm just filling up the arms at this point. Okay. It just depends on, cause like, I'm usually hesitant to do it on my forearms. Cause then my arm is like weirdly shaven for a while. Right. <laughs> it looks so insane. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh. I'm about to start reaching the shoulder back area, most likely. Wow. Yeah. That's fascinating to me. <laughs> you don't um, have any? I don't even have one tiny ankle thing. You lived in LA for over a decade. I, you never got one? Yeah, but I also, I mean, literally everyone around here, like I'm in the Portland area. So oh, even yeah. people who right. are like 80 have tattoos. <laughs> I, yeah. I'm like one of five people in the tri-state area who doesn't have any, but anyways. Okay. Well, is there anything else you want to talk about project wise? Anything you like mean, to get off your chest or? <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure we, uh, we, we did not circumvent any issues. <laughs> I think we talked about everything. I, I have loved this. I hope it wasn't too terrible for you. It wasn't terrible at all. Stop putting yourself down. It's very positive. <laughs> putting myself down I just uh well just if you like wake up tomorrow morning and, and you're like I can't believe I said that just let me know and we'll have well yeah the two it. things I would cut would be <laughs> I'll I'll text you yeah no, I got it I think but um but do that but I have I have loved talking to you and I'm so happy to know that you're in whatever emotional space you're in and you're living it. And, uh, I mean, I'm, and I'm just, really I'm, happy to know that you're in a, in a nice physical place. It's, it's thank so you. It really, thank it you. really makes a difference because LA is this huge sprawled out place and every neighborhood is different and it really changes yeah. your life. It's uh, it's really, really nice. I'm really, I'm really loving it. I'm so glad. Okay, well, thank you so much for uh, for spending some time with me today. <laughs> thank you. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Okay, well, I'll see you on Instagram. Okay, I hope you enjoyed that conversation. I certainly did. Now, here is a clip from the audiobook for Attachment Theory. This is Zachary Weber and Emily Wuzeller in a scene from Chapter 5, one of the therapy chapters we talked about in the interview. I recently ended another relationship, he says, with the woman who played my love interest in a Broadway play that we starred in for two months. Well, the show ran for two months and we started dating when rehearsals started a month earlier, so we were together for three months. I say I ended it, but she was the one who wanted to end it. And how do you feel about that? If I'm being honest, I feel differently about it now than I did up until about ten minutes ago. He doesn't elaborate. Doesn't smile. Just looks me in the eye, as if I'm supposed to understand what he means. Why don't you tell me how you felt up until then? I was sad that it was over. I was mad that she decided to just end it like that. I was annoyed that she hadn't texted me back. 
I was confused as to how she could change her mind about not wanting to move out here so quickly, and I was pretty sure she'd change it back again any day now. Had you discussed her moving out here to be with you before? We had discussed the possibility of me moving to New York to live with her, or her moving here to live with me. We just wanted to be together. Have you ever lived with a girlfriend before? Or been married? No, neither. He smirks. Just a little. Are you still unmarried? Let's stay with you. Are you still in love with this woman? I still feel pretty attached to her, just because we spent every day together. I'm not over her yet. I still think about her. But I'm not in love with her. She might not have the depth I thought she had. And how does it feel to think about not being attached to her? Not great. But I don't feel lost or anything. I'm not despondent. I don't think there's anything wrong with me as a person just because she doesn't want to be with me anymore. I just liked being with her. I like feeling attached to a woman. I like to be in love with a woman, and I like being in a committed relationship with a woman. But I'm not depressed. I don't get depressed. I don't have extreme mood swings. I don't lose my identity. I don't idealize my girlfriends. I just don't get much emotional support from the women I date. Are you trying to assess my attachment style? Because I've talked about this with other therapists. I've read the books and done the tests. I'm not anxious or avoidant. I'm pretty secure. I'll be the judge of that. This is Mackenzie Cartwright, also known as the official voice of Kaylee Loring's Lady Parts. Multiple Eargasms with Kaylee Loring is produced by Elysian Nightfall Studios and The Audio Flow. To learn more about your host, you can visit www.kayleeloring.com. Thank you for eargasming.